Today is the 24th day of November. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. It is wonderful to be here with you today. Here in the United States, this is Thanksgiving Day. That's one of our major holidays. So happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Actually, everybody doesn't have to be a specific holiday in a specific country for us to have gratitude, right? For, for us to give thanks. And so uh, happy Thanksgiving Day because it's a holiday, but happy Thanksgiving Day because it's a day that we get to be here and we get to rejoice and we get to take the next step forward on our journey through the scriptures. That journey leads us back into the book of Ezekiel. We should be concluding the book of Ezekiel today. We've been reading from the Christian Standard Bible this week. That's what we'll continue to do while it's this week. Today, Ezekiel chapters 47 and 48. Then he brought me back to the entrance of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the threshold of the temple, south of the altar. Next he brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate that faced east. There the water was trickling from the south side. As the man went out east with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a third of a mile and led me through the water. It came up to my ankles. Then he measured off a third of a mile and led me through the water. It came up to my knees. He measured off another third of a mile and led me through the water. It came up to my waist. Again, he measured off a third of a mile and it was a river that I could not cross on foot. For the water had risen. It was deep enough to swim in, a river that could not be crossed on foot. He asked me, Do you see this, son of man? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I had returned, I saw a very large number of trees along both sides of the river bank. He said to me, This water flows out to the eastern region and goes down to the Arabah. When it enters the sea, the sea of foul water, the water of the sea becomes fresh. Every kind of living creature that swarms will live wherever the river flows, and there will be a huge number of fish because this water goes there. Since the water will become fresh, there will be life everywhere the river goes. Fishermen will stand beside it from Engedi to Engleim. These will become places where nets are spread out to dry. Their fish will consist of many different kinds, like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. Yet its swamps and marshes will not be healed. They will be left for salt. All kinds of trees providing food will grow along both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. Each month they will bear fresh fruit because the water comes from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be used for eating and their leaves for healing. This is what the Lord God says. 
This is the border you will use to divide the land as an inheritance for the twelve tribes of Israel. Joseph will receive two shares. You will inherit it in equal portions, since I swore to give it to your ancestors. So this land will fall to you as an inheritance. This is to be the border of the land. On the north side, it will extend from the Mediterranean Sea by way of Hetalon and Libohamoth to Zedad, Beratah, and Sabraim, which is between the border of Damascus and the border of Hamath, as far as Hazar Atakon, which is on the border of Aran. So the border will run from the sea to Hazar Enon at the border of Damascus, with the territory of Hamath to the north. This will be the northern side. On the east side, it will run between Haran and Damascus, along the Jordan between Gilead and the land of Israel. You will measure from the northern border to the eastern sea. This will be the eastern side. On the south side, it will run from Tamar to the waters of Meribah Kadesh, and on to the brook of Egypt as far as the Mediterranean Sea. This will be the southern side. On the west side, the Mediterranean Sea will be the border, from the southern border up to a point opposite Libo Hamath. This will be the western side. You are to divide this land among yourselves according to the tribes of Israel. You will allot it as an inheritance for yourselves and for the aliens residing among you, who have fathered children among you. You will treat them like native-born Israelites, along with you, they will be allotted an inheritance among the tribes of Israel. In whatever tribe the alien resides, you will assign his inheritance there. This is the declaration of the Lord God. Now these are the names of the tribes. From the northern end, along the road of Hetalon, to Debo Hamad, as far as Hazar Inan, at the northern border of Damascus, alongside Hamath and extending from the eastern side to the sea will be Dan, one portion. Next to the territory of Dan, from the east side to the west, will be Asher, one portion. Next to the territory of Asher, from the east side to the west, will be Naphtali, one portion. Next to the territory of Naphtali, from the east side to the west, will be Manasseh, one portion. Next to the territory of Manasseh, from the east side to the west, will be Ephraim, one portion. Next to the territory of Ephraim, from the east side to the west, will be Reuben, one portion. Next to the territory of Reuben, from the east side to the west, will be Judah, one portion. Next to the territory of Judah, from the east side to the west will be the portion you donate to the Lord, eight and one-third miles wide, and as long as one of the tribal portions from the east side to the west. The sanctuary will be in the middle of it. The special portion you donate to the Lord will be eight and one-third miles long and three and one-third miles wide. This holy donation will be set apart for the priests alone. It will be eight and a third miles long on the northern side, three and a third miles wide on the western side, three and a third miles wide on the eastern side, 
and eight and a third miles long on the southern side. The Lord's sanctuary will be in the middle of it. It is for the consecrated priests, the sons of Zadok, who kept my charge and did not go astray as the Levites did when the Israelites went astray. It will be a special donation for them out of the holy donation of the land, a most holy place adjacent to the territory of the Levites. Next to the territory of the priests, the Levites will have an area eight and a third miles long and three and a third miles wide. The total length will be eight and a third miles and the width three and a third miles. They must not sell or exchange any of it, and they must not transfer this choice part of the land, for it is holy to the Lord. The remaining area, one and two-thirds miles wide and eight and a third miles long, will be for common use by the city, for both residential and open space. The city will be in the middle of it. These are the city's measurements one and a half miles on the north side, one and a half miles on the south side, one and a half miles on the east side, and one and a half miles on the west side. The city's open space will extend 425 feet to the north, 425 feet to the south, 425 feet to the east, and 425 feet to the west. The remainder of the length alongside the holy donation will be three and a third miles to the east and three and a third miles to the west. It will run alongside the holy donation. Its produce will be food for the workers of the city. The city's workers from all the tribes of Israel will cultivate it. The entire donation will be eight and a third miles by eight and a third miles. You are to set apart the holy donation along with the city property as a square area. The remaining area on both sides of the holy donation and the city property will belong to the prince. He will own the land adjacent to the tribal portions next to the eight and a third miles of the donation as far as the eastern border and next to the eight and a third miles of the donation as far as the western border. The holy donation and the sanctuary of the temple will be in the middle of it. Except for the Levitical property and the city property in the middle of the area belonging to the prince, the area between the territory of Judah and that of Benjamin will belong to the prince. As for the rest of the tribes, from the east side to the west will be Benjamin, one portion Next to the territory of Benjamin from the east side to the west will be Simeon, one portion. Next to the territory of Simeon from the east side to the west will be Issachar, one portion. Next to the territory of Issachar from the east side to the west will be Zebulun, one portion. Next to the territory of Zebulun from the east side to the west will be Gad, one portion. Next to the territory of Gad, toward the south side, the border will run from Tamar to the waters of Meribath Kadesh, to the brook of Egypt, and out to the Mediterranean Sea. This is the land you are to allot as an inheritance to Israel's tribes, and these will be their portions. 
This is the declaration of the Lord God. These are the exits of the city. On the north side, which measures one and a half miles, there will be three gates facing north. The gates of the city being named for the tribes of Israel. One, the gate of Reuben. One, the gate of Judah. And one, the gate of Levi. On the east side, which is one and a half miles, there will be three gates. One, the gate of Joseph. One, the gate of Benjamin. And one, the gate of Dan. On the south side, which measures one and a half miles, there will be three gates. One, the gate of Simeon. One, the gate of Issachar. And one, the gate of Zebulun. On the west side, which is one and a half miles, there will be three gates. One, the gate of Gad. One, the gate of Asher. And one, the gate of Naphtali. The perimeter of the city will be six miles, and the name of the city from that day on will be The Lord is There. First Peter two eleven through three seven. Dear friends, I urge you as strangers and exiles to abstain from sinful desires that wage war against the soul. Conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles so that when they slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works and will glorify God on the day He visits. Submit to every human authority because of the Lord whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors as those sent out by him to punish those who do what is evil and to praise those who do what is good. For it is God's will that you silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing good. Submit as free people, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but as God's slaves. Honor everyone. Love the brothers and sisters. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Household slaves, submit to your masters with all reverence, not only to the good and gentle ones, but also to the cruel. For it brings favor if, because of a consciousness of God, someone endures grief from suffering unjustly. For what credit is there if, when you do wrong and are beaten, you endure it? But when you do what is good and suffer, if you endure it, this brings favor with God. For you were called to this, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He did not commit sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was insulted, he did not insult in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. 
for you were like sheep going astray. But you have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. In the same way, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands so that even if some disobey the word, they may be won over without a word by the way their wives live when they observe your pure, reverent lives. Don't let your beauty consist of outward things like elaborate hairstyles and wearing gold jewelry or fine clothes, but rather what is inside the heart, the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For in the past, the holy women who put their hope in God also adorned themselves in this way, submitting to their own husbands, just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. You have become her children when you do what is good and do not fear any intimidation. Husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way, as with a weaker partner, showing them honor as co-heirs of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. Psalm 119, 49 through 64. Zayin, remember your word to your servant. You have given me hope through it. This is my comfort in my affliction. Your promise has given me life. The arrogant constantly ridicule me, but I do not turn away from your instruction. Lord, I remember your judgments from long ago and find comfort. Fury seizes me because of the wicked who reject your instruction. Your statutes are the theme of my song during my earthly life. Lord, I remember your name in the night and I obey your instruction. This is my practice. I obey your precepts. Keth The Lord is my portion. I have promised to keep your words. I have sought your favor with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. I thought about my ways and turned my steps back to your decrees. I hurried, not hesitating to keep your commands. Though the ropes of the wicked were wrapped around me, I did not forget your instruction. I rise at midnight to thank you for your righteous judgments. I am a friend to all who fear you, to those who keep your precepts. Lord, the earth is filled with your faithful love. Teach me your statutes. Proverbs 28, 12, and 13. When the righteous triumph, there is great rejoicing. But when the wicked come to power, people hide. 
The one who conceals his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them will find mercy. Okay, so in 1 Peter today, Peter lays out a framework for the posture of a Christian life. And he touches every major category of the Christian life while he's doing it. And one builds upon another. And so to get at this, we kind of need to revisit uh, a, a bit of the text that we just read from First Peter and just kind of go back through it piece by piece really quick, understanding that each piece builds on the next piece. And so I quote from what we've actually, we're pretty much going to read everything we read today from first Peter chapter two, dear friends, I urge you as strangers and exiles to abstain from sinful desires that wage war against the soul. Right, so we're being urged to avoid the things that will do war against our souls, the sinful desires, and that can be different for each of us, but we understand what's being said here. Avoid these things. That's like a general default position. Abstain from sinful desires that wage war against the soul. Conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles so that when they slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works and will glorify God on the day he visits. Okay, so the posture in the first couple sentences is abstain from the things that will wage war against your soul and be honorable. In this case, among the Gentiles, because Peter is speaking to Jewish people, most of us are Gentiles, and so we could say among the non-believers to give ourselves a bit of application here, so that when they slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works and glorify God on the day he visits. So what Peter's saying is, when they slander you, don't live up to what they're saying. Be the opposite of that, so that their words fall flat. That's not who you are. And this was not uncommon. Christian people were being marginalized. There was definitely tension among the Hebrew people against Christian believers. There was definitely a marginalization in the Roman Empire uh, toward the Christians. And so derogatory things were being said against them. That's a lot of the time how persecution starts, right? First with the information warfare, stereotyping a group of people as a bad group of people, and then dehumanizing that group of people until a mass is amassed enough to destroy that group of people. We can think of any of the racial slurs that we have heard around the world that are meant to be derogatory toward a people group. This was going on in the first century in certain areas, marginalizing Christian believers. Peter's saying the, the way 
that we will combat this is to not be the stereotype. Then he goes on, Submit to every human authority because of the Lord, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors as those sent out by him to punish those who do what is evil and to praise those who do what is good. For it is God's will that you silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing good. Silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing good. Not silence the ignorance of foolish people by posting nasty things on social media to combat them. Not silence the ignorance of foolish people by dismissing them and re-stereotyping them yourself. And I mean, in our church history, in our Christian history, we have the story of deep, terrible marginalization, and we also have the story of being deep and terrible marginalizers. Peter says, we silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing good. Submit as free people, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but as God's slaves. Honor everyone. Love the brothers and sisters. Fear God. Honor the emperor. This is what Peter is suggesting our normal lives should look like. This is the posture of life. Then he goes on, household slaves, submit to your masters with all reverence. And let me just stop here for a second because, you know, slavery is definitely still in the world today, but sort of legalized slavery is not permissible in most of the world. At least most of the people who are here today speaking English, listening to the Bible but most of us have a job and most of us have a boss and we have an environment that we have to do our work in. So while we have freedom to go find a different job, if we can find one, if we find ourselves in a bad situation, most of us have to work for a living to buy food and gasoline and shelter, etc., etc., so if we put ourselves in that frame of mind, then we can better understand the posture. Submit to your masters with all reverence, not only to the good and gentle ones, but also to the cruel. For it brings favor if, because of a consciousness of God, someone endures grief from suffering unjustly. For what credit is there if when you do wrong and are beaten, you endure it, right? If you get what you deserve, why is that? It, like, is that enduring something? You got what you deserve. But Peter goes on, but when you do what is good and suffer, if you endure it, this brings favor with God. And then Peter just simply goes on to say, look, this is the example of Christ, this is how he lived, and so therefore this is how we are to live. 
So he's touching our general lies and the temptations of our lives and telling us to avoid, to abstain from things that will do war against our souls and to not be the stereotype when we are stereotyped, to rise up and be who we really are, to simply be better than that. People can say a lot of things, but character ultimately shines and brings glory to God. And if we are marginalized, and if we do have to suffer injustice in some sort of way, how we deal with that actually matters. When we understand that we are enduring something, that we may be receiving something that is not just, but we are enduring for the sake of Jesus and the sake of the world and the sake of the gospel to stand there and be the light despite what comes our way, we are saying a lot and good is going into the world because of it. And then he moves into the house in the same way. And that's the important thing here because he's going to wives and then he's going to husbands in the same way. So everything we've talked about so far in the same way, wives submit yourselves to your own husbands so that even if some disobey the word, they may be won over without a word by the way their wives live when they observe your pure, reverent lives. And he goes on to say, like, you know, making yourself beautiful on the outside, that may be fine and good, but that's not the thing. That's, that's not who you are. It's what's inside your heart. Develop an imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. And then he moves to husbands. Husbands in the same way. So living this comprehensive posture of faith in this world in the same way. Everything that we've been talking about. Live with your wives in an understanding way as with a weaker partner. Showing them honor as co-heirs of the grace of life. So that your prayers will not be hindered. Man, there's so much there. We could go back through and through and through and apply it to our own lives. But there is a posture here, a way of living that we are to espouse because it is a godly way to live so that our prayers will not be hindered. Man, that would explain a lot wouldn't it if we took some time to do inventory in our own lives is peter describing what our lives look like because he's he's describing a flow of life a posture that we live within a way that we look at the world that not only tells us what we're doing and why in our own lives, but also the big picture of what is going on. And so there's plenty for us to think about on this Thanksgiving day as we move through the festivities. 
And this posture of life that's being laid out in 1 Peter may very well be challenged on this very, very day. But we've been given some advanced words. We can go back to it. Maybe you read it differently. You can go back to 1 Peter 2 and read it yourself and apply it to yourself this day. But we are being given tools today that can be put into practice today and then should be put into practice tomorrow and all throughout the holiday season into next year and for the rest of our lives. This is the shape of life according to the Apostle Peter. And fundamentally, Peter is simply saying what we've been being told all along. Imitate Jesus. That's how you do this. That's how life is supposed to look. Imitate Jesus. And so, Father, we invite you into that. We confess that sometimes we do. And we confess that sometimes we don't. And there are many challenges that come our way and all kinds of things swirling around us. And most of the time, we're not paying attention until after we've acted. And we're just asking for your help. Even this very day, we're asking for your help. That we take a pause, we take a beat, we recenter ourselves in you, understanding that what we do and what we say represents who you are. Holy Spirit, help us to feel the gravity of that as we give thanks. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is home base. It is the website. It is where you find out what is going on around here. Of course, it's Thanksgiving Day and we've already talked about that. That is going on around here. Tomorrow is Black Friday, a very, very big shopping day in the world. And that's kind of going on around here as well. I mentioned yesterday the Daily Audio Bible Christmas box, our family Christmas box for 2022 is available now and tomorrow too but now and you can find it at dailyaudiobible.com or using the daily audio bible app either one just go to the shop and you will see a christmas category and you will find the family christmas box for 2022 in that christmas category couple of little housekeeping things if you are not in the united states and you are ordering the christmas box and you want that to arrive in time for christmas then december 1st is the cutoff for that we will obviously uh ship all the until we run out of them we will ship anywhere in the world just kind of giving you a heads up December 1st is the date that we think that's safe. We will continue to ship, but that's safe. If you are in the domestic United States, December 18th will be the the cutoff date. Normally we are sold out by them, but that is the cutoff date. So check that out in the Christmas section on the web or in the app. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, 
as we move into this season. Thank you profoundly and humbly. I've said it many times because it's the truth. We wouldn't be here if we were not in this together. And so thank you humbly. There is a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. If you're using the app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can hit the hotline button in the app. That's the little red button up at the top. Or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here. Tomorrow. Good morning, my daily audio Bible family. I love you all so much. And I was just listening and I thought, you know, I should call in. Um, there's been, uh, throughout my life, for the last almost 50 years, there's been two very special ladies in my life. And we, uh, we were a sisterhood. And one of them has departed to be with Jesus. Praise the Lord. And uh, and it's uh, very, very difficult because I'm 1,500 miles away and I've just had surgery, so I can't... I wasn't there to be with her. On, on Eagle's Wings was. And I'm, th- I'm grateful for that. Um, but, you know, it's... It was very sad. So I would ask your prayers for um, the family and the loved ones as they prepare for the funeral. And uh, and, and my heart wants to be there so dearly, but my body is saying no. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, getting older sucks, doesn't it, guys? But uh, God is with her and she's with God. and. God is with on eagle's wings and with the family and the loved ones. And I praise you, Lord, for that. And I just pray that your peace and your comfort would be with us all. In the blessed and holy and precious and wonderful name of Jesus, thank you for that eternal hope, Lord God, that we can live by, that we can just lean on so much. Dear Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hi, everybody. This is okay with not being okay in... uh Alberta. Um, just listened to John from South Sudan. He was answering uh, a man who called in saying, what's the point of all this? And you are right. There are a lot of us out there who ask the same question day after day. And uh we don't feel okay. <laughs> um, but you are right. Uh, just listening to the Bible is is the only thing, one of the only things that is just healing. And my daughter and I memorized Job nineteen twenty-five to 27 this year. And Job kept asking, 
and he got an answer and uh, he said I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end he will stand on the earth and after my skin has been destroyed yet in my flesh I will see God I will see him with my own eyes I and not another how my heart yearns within me and that is what I cling to See you, everybody, on a warmer day. Hello, this is Maurice Woodson asking for prayer for my brother, Dr. Terrence Woodson. He's a full-time pastor, and his wife has stage four breast cancer. She is in the final stages of battling with this cancer and only has a few days or weeks live. So I just ask that you just pray for my brother, Dr. Woodson, his four sons, and their wives as they go through this journey with their mother and wife. Thank you very much. Amen. Good morning, Dab family. This is Prisoner of Hope. Forgive my voice, I'm a little under the weather with COVID, unfortunately, but I'll be fine. I want to pray for some of our dabbers. I want to pray for Lindsay. You called in on the community prayer, asking for prayer for your husband who suffers with severe knee pain, as well as shoulders and hands um, pain in those areas too. So Lord, I just pray for this man. I pray that he would just feel your presence in his life, that he would just know you are his everything and that you're the one who supplies all his needs. I pray that you would deliver him from this pain that has just um, been very severe and that you would just bring, put your healing hand on him and that he would just feel that and just feel absolute relief from your healing. I also want to pray for Anonymous. You called in saying you were feeling kind of numb from your wife leaving you and she's with another man and I believe you said you took your children. Um, and I just pray that... Heavenly Father, you just bring restoration to this marriage. You know that Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but you've come to give us life and to give it more abundantly. We thank you that Anonymous has a heart that would take his wife back, that knowing that it would be hard, but that he doesn't want to have bitterness or um, animosity towards her. And Lord, just as he was saying, that you are the one who creates beauty from ashes, Lord. And I just pray that you would do that very thing for his marriage and that your hand would just be upon them in their lives, that you would bring blessing and your face would shine upon them and be good to them. Lord, we know this isn't impossible for you. This is so within the realms of the things you do. We thank you that you are the God who supplies all our needs and does everything for us. We just pray that for this marriage. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey fellow dabbers, calling in to pray for some of you. Want to just encourage you today. You are the righteousness of Christ. That you're, our Father is bigger than all the problems that you might be dealing with. God is our Father. He is the one who created you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are the righteousness of Christ. For Jasmine in New York, the Lord God knows your heart. He sees you. He knows that you love him. So right now, in the name of Jesus, I declare that you are a conqueror over the spirit of procrastination. Because get, make no mistake about it, procrastination is a spirit. So right now, in the name of Jesus, I denounce the spirit of procrastination in, in her life. I thank you, God, that you have equipped her and you 
you have given her everything she needs to move away from the dominion of darkness and into the kingdom of the son you love where she has redemption and forgiveness of sins. I pray right now, God, for the niece of the uncle who called in about his niece who is struggling with the spirit of anxiety and who is having a hard time uh, with her finances because of roommate situation. Our father is the owner of a cattle of a thousand hills. So right now, God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will meet her needs. Lord, I thank you that no weapon formed against her will ever prosper. No weapon formed against Jasmine will ever prosper. Right now, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray that you will bless them to put on the full armor of God every day. That's one of the things that I encourage you all to do from Ephesians chapter six. Put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness in place. Buckle the belt of truth around your waist. In your hand, you hold the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. On your arm, you've got the shield of faith, which is used to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Your feet are equipped with the readiness to share the gospel of peace. And over all these things, put on love, which covers a multitude of sins. Pray the full armor of God over yourself every day, Jasmine. Pray the full armor of God over your niece, uncle. Pray the full armor of God over yourselves, everyone, because God has equipped us and he is with us.